the Cannabis Seals Me Podcast, episode 56. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me Podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Heals Me Podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We are, as of the day that this drops, we are one day away from our event, the Cannabis Conversations event here in Lufkin, Texas. If you live anywhere close to us, I highly encourage you to come out. It's going to be a great event. If you want to learn more about this plant, maybe you've been an avid prohibitionist your whole life, you're going to come out and you're going to learn some things. You're going to hear some stories of how people's lives have been changed by this plant that we've heard horrible things about our whole entire lives. So we welcome you to come out. It starts at 6 o'clock at 28 one Valley Avenue here in Lufkin, Texas, 6 to 8.30, and we're going to have lots of information that's going to be shared, have an opportunity for you to ask any questions that you might have of our guest, Amanda Hughes Munson. And if you want to get a sneak peek of what Amanda may talk about on Friday, you can go out and listen to the episodes that she's done previously on our podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com slash 17 or CannabisHealsMe.com slash 2-0. So really looking forward to that event, and we are excited about those who have already expressed interest and told us they're going to be there. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you a little bit about our Tell Three People Challenge. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I'll expound because that's what I do. Our Tell Three People Challenge, we ask each week, we ask our listeners to tell three people about the podcast. If there was an episode in this week's show lineup that you found particularly moving, tell three people about it. Maybe let one of those people be someone who still believes in prohibition. They're part of that stubborn 35% that still thinks people belong in a cage over a plant. So tell them about the podcast. We would love to have them listen, and we're always looking forward to feedback. If you disagree with us, we would still like to hear from you. So send us an email, podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com, and keep sharing the podcast. Thanks to those of you who have already done that. We are seeing our listenership tick upwards with each episode that drops. So thank you so much to everyone that's spreading the word about the podcast and more importantly, spreading the word about cannabis as medicine. Speaking of medicine, you may not be aware of this, but a couple episodes we talked about the endocannabinoid system. And the endocannabinoid system is not specific to the human body. Animals also have an endocannabinoid system, and if your pet is as precious to you as mine is to me, you're probably going to find today's episode very interesting. So I'm joined today by Danielle Loughton. She is a registered veterinary technician, and she is also a certified veterinary cannabis counselor and wanted to have her come on and talk to us about cannabis and pets. It's something that I've been hearing about for a while and you know who better to ask than someone who's actually certified in it yeah well thank you so much for having me this is awesome i'm excited because you know i was actually at my vet's office a few weeks ago and told him what i was doing i transitioned out of public accounting to doing accounting specifically for legal cannabis companies and i used to work for him so I, otherwise i wouldn't go around telling my vet that but i used to work for him when i was back in high school and he said that some of his clients have because they had dogs that were having seizures they had started using CBD oil to stop the dog seizures and I thought that was awesome so I've been kind of looking to have somebody come on and talk about that so I'm I'm really glad that you're here and I, and I'd love to 
Well, first of all, let me ask you this. How does one go about becoming a certified veterinary cannabis counselor? So there's a, a great program run by Dr. Kassara Andre, and she's kind of a, a pioneer in the veterinary cannabis world. And she recognized that there was sort of a gap between the client's desire to try a, a more natural form of treatment and the veterinarian who can't really legally talk about cannabis yet. And so there was sort of this gap between the client's desire and the, and the veterinarian's inability to answer questions. So she created a program called veterinarycannabis.org, and it is specifically for veterinary technicians because we are not bound by a DEA license. And so that's the reason why most veterinarians can't talk about it because of their DEA license. That's interesting. Maybe I should go back and edit out the part about talking to my vet about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what though? But here's the loophole. If a client brings it up to their vet first, the veterinarian absolutely can answer questions. Okay. The problem is um, less than 10% of all veterinary and medical schools teach about the endocannabinoid system. So most of them can't answer very in-depth clinical type questions. So that's where the technician comes in. We are not bound by that. We have a little bit more freedom to talk about it with the patients. And so the program was created and it's kind of a nice, nice little uh, expansion of what we can do as technicians because we're kind of limited and there's only so far up we can go. And so this gives us a whole new leg of medicine that we get to participate in. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I just had somebody on the podcast last week to talk about the endocannabinoid system. So it's cool. We talked about it from a human perspective. Now let's talk about it from the pet's perspective. I'm assuming it's similar where you have the different receptors in the different parts of the body with pets as you do with people. Yeah, absolutely. And there's virtually no difference between the two. All mammals and some reptiles, invertebrates, and birds all have at least a rudimentary endocannabinoid system. But what's interesting, we're finding that dogs actually have more receptors in their brains, particularly the CB1, than even humans do. And that's why they're so sensitive. Yeah, that's why they can be really sensitive to THC. Now, in the practice where you work, do y'all deal mostly with small animal or do y'all do any large animal work as well? Well, and I, I no longer practice. Um, okay. I, I maintain my uh, registered vet tech license. I've been one for 22 years, but these old hands can't, <laughs> can't restrain much anymore. But um, we find actually there is a lot of application um, in horses. They actually respond very, very well to CBD oil. What are some of the things that you have seen patients use cannabis for in their pets? Anxiety disorders, so separation anxiety, fear aggression, neurological disorders such as seizures, uh, nerve type disorders, arthritis, specifically osteoarthritis, skin conditions, to dermatology. Um, CBD works really, really great applied directly to the skin, so we see a lot of benefit there. So those are kind of the main ones that usually people are coming to, some kind of pain issue, and also we use it in, in cancer, but some, some type of pain issue is typically why. But you don't have to be sick to 
get the benefit from CBD oil. As we know, it keeps the body in balance. So even a healthy dog can benefit from CBD oil. Now, is it mostly CBD oil that you're using with pets or do, especially people who have pets with cancer, are they using things with more THC in them? When I say CBD, I'm not speaking about an isolate. I'm I'm speaking in general, in general, Um, but primarily actually what we use the most of is full spectrum. So there is going to be some trace amounts of THC in the products. Most of the products we use are going to be in that 28 to 1, you know, 20 to 1 CBD to THC ratio. However, in some of our more painful type things like amputation or, or cancer, um, we may move to like an 8 to 1 or a 4 to 1, sometimes even a 1 to 1 concentration. But I will make the disclaimer that that should absolutely not be done without the guidance of a veterinary professional like me or your veterinarian because it does have to be monitored very, very closely. Yeah. What is a pet's response to THC? Is it the same as like a human response to THC where they're like stoned and wanting to eat and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. People get very, very scared when they hear about THC because we all we all hear it, especially in the veterinary world, that THC is toxic and poisonous to dogs. And that is sort of a misnomer. Because when we see toxicity in our dogs, usually it's because they've eaten an edible or an owner's joint or something like that, where THC levels could be upwards of 40%. Most full spectrum CBD oils, well, by law, have to be less than 0.3%. So the amount of THC that's in there is not really a factor like it would be if an animal were to eat an edible. And yes, they get high. <laughs> they they can become uh, extremely lethargic, equivalent to our couch lock. They can have excessive drooling. They can have some sort of hallucinogenic kind of things happening. And it's very scary because they don't know why. When we get high, we got to know it's the pot. They don't know why. So uh, it can be pretty scary for them, but there's been several studies actually where there was some animals tested at 9,000 milligrams of THC per kilogram. So nine grams of THC per kilogram, and they still couldn't induce death in these animals. So, you know, if a dog does get into an edible or something like that, um, supportive care, IV fluids, nice, quiet place, dark, no sounds, no, you know, no stimulation. Uh, and they usually recover really, really well. Yeah. Because, you know, we all hear about, oh, THC kills people. Is it kind of the same urban myth where THC kills dog or are they more sensitive to it because they have more receptors? Yeah. They're more sensitive to it because they have more receptors for sure. But there has never been just like in humans, there has never been a death attributed to cannabis in the veterinary world. So if they're dying because they ate an edible, it could be because of something in the edible or Correct. something. I mean, especially if they're eating chocolate, because that's not good for dogs. Right, right. And there is a sweetener that gets used a lot in different types of edibles, um, in peanut butter, candies, that kind of a thing. And it's called xylitol. Yes. And xylitol can cause death. It is a very, very serious thing that if you're giving your animal any kind of peanut butter or sweets or whatever, absolutely check the label for xylitol because it can and will kill them. Can you think of just a couple of cases off the top of your head that 
kind of illustrate the beneficial aspects of cannabis for pets. Like, you know, a dog had this condition and we use this and then within blah, blah, blah. So just a couple of testimonies of cannabis healing power within a pet. Sure. So um, I had a, a friend of mine who had a 14 or has a 14 year old Labrador who had some severe arthritis in her hips and was unable to really get upstairs or do a lot of walking. The owner did a lot of physical therapy. The dog was on some uh, non-steroidal type medications, but the dog's liver enzymes were rapidly increasing due to the NSAIDs that the dog was being given. So she was able to um, start with CBD oil, full spectrum CBD oil, within about two weeks, that dog was going up and down the stairs. By a month, the dog was running up and down the stairs. Wow. And the owner was able to completely wean the dog off of all other medications. So that was a really, a really neat one. Another one that just happened recently, dog had a hot spot on its leg, and that's usually caused from fleas where the dog excessively licks and the owner was giving both internally and topically uh, CBD oil on the hotspot. And within two weeks, it was completely gone and the hair was growing back. I have seen some seizure dogs who were having seizures multiple times a week. And, you know, those either were reduced or completely stopped with CBD oil. So, so yeah, great response. And, and what's kind of neat about the animals is they don't have any preconceived ideas of what it is they're taking. You know, in humans, we go, oh, I tried it for two weeks, didn't do anything. Well, they don't know that. And so we see a very uh, natural response because they don't know any different. It's, it's just been amazing. I've seen, um, I've seen horses who had some anxiety issues that are to totally chilled out and calm. Crazy. I had a dog several years ago. She's since passed, but she actually started having seizures just kind of like out of the blue. And we put her on anti-seizure meds and it just, it turned her into a complete and total zombie that like to the point where she couldn't even get out and use the restroom. And this is a Rottweiler. So, you know, not, we're not talking about small amounts of feces and urine, you know, it's, it's quite a bit. And we tried to kind of pull her back off the meds a little bit. So, I mean, because that's not quality of life. Right. Uh, and she was over 10. So anytime you hit 10 years of age with a big dog, you know, anything after that, you're you're living on borrowed time. Right. We tried to wean her back off, reduce the dosing so that maybe she wouldn't be a zombie and she'd have a quality of life. And, and once we pulled back on the meds, she just went back to having seizures again. And we made the decision at that point to, to put her to sleep just because we loved her and we didn't want to see her just live. I wish, I mean, of course, this has been seven, eight years ago, which CBD wasn't even on anyone's radar at at that point. It's just kind of exploded in the past few years. So I, I just think of all the things that we could have tried because those seizure meds, they just, they just make them zombies. You don't have your pet anymore. You have this four-legged creature who is completely oblivious to anything. You know, to think that we could have put her on CBD oil as opposed to these meds that just made her a zombie is blows my mind. Yeah. And I will just, you know, I want to, I, I want to keep expressing this to, to your audience that if your animal is on seizure medications, please don't pull your pet off of them and cold turkey and just say, oh, yeah. CBD oil is going to, is going to fix things. There's, there's a waning process that needs to happen. And 
your pet may or may not be able to come completely off of those seizure meds, but it may be to the point where it's very, very reduced so that the animal still is getting the benefit from the CBD and the seizure medications, uh, but the dog is not a zombie. So just be very, very cognizant of that with your pets. I absolutely do not advocate going against your veterinarian's prescribed treatment without a discussion. And there's resources too. Dr. Andre's group does do consults. I have my own consulting company that I do consults for pet parents to help them come up with a can plan based specifically on their pet's needs, careful review of medical records and blood work and that kind of a thing. And then I make a recommendation. And also we know in this business, uh, quality, purity, (laughs) testing is super, super important. And so just be very aware of what you're purchasing. There's hundreds, probably even thousands of companies out there now, and there's very little regulation right now in the industry at all. And so there's some stuff out there that is pretty bad. <laughs> and and the consumer doesn't know because they're not, you know, they haven't really been educated on it. So definitely this is something you really want to try, do your homework, research. <laughs> Speaking of, of that, because that is a problem. There's so much out there and people know so little about it. Are there any brands that you recommend because you know it's a quality product, you've looked at their labs. Now, I know that you don't know all of them, but if you could just, if you have a couple of brands that you would recommend to people. Sure. HempWorks Petline is great. They do a wonderful job at their testing, third-party testing. Um, all, all of their certificates of analysis, COAs, microbial testing, heavy metals testing is all available on their website. Uh, Healthy Hemp Pet is another great one. Earth Buddy Pet, Elvet are all really good conscientious companies that put testing ahead of sales. I've bought CBD oil and I give it to my dog just because he's got some arthritis. He's got mm-hmm. he's got bad. He's he's got arthritis, so we'll be good at that. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we've been dosing him with that. What is the, say you've got, and I know I'm just pulling this out of the air, but if you've got a, a dog with arthritis and you're just trying to help give them a little bit of pet back in their step, what is a good dosing guideline? And I know it probably has to do with how many milligrams. Say, say you've got a 500 milligram bottle, a 15 mil bottle of 500 milligram. What would be a, a general idea for what, how to dose, like based on weight? Well, that's a difficult question <laughs> because there's a lot that goes into it. What type of oil is it? Is it an isolate? Um, you know, usually with isolates, we have to dose at a much higher concentration because it is the only molecule available. Right. You know, we, we look at full spectrum. What are the cannabinoids available in the plant? Is there a terpene analysis? Because we know terpenes are you know, they, we know they play a role. Mm -hmm. I have a general sort of guide and I'm hesitant to say this, but, um, I usually use between one to two milligrams per 10 pounds. And then it gets adjusted because if I'm looking to help a pet that has some anxiety or some other mental health type disorder, just like in humans, they do better on a lower dose. So I may go to a half a milligram per 10 pounds. And then you've got cases where you've got severe pain, maybe an amputation, cancer, something like that. Well, I may even go up to three to four milligrams per 10 pounds. So it's a hard question to answer because it is yeah. very specific, but usually that one to two milligram per 10 pound is, is a fairly good range. We know that CBD oil is well received in the body and it has a very, very wide safety margin. You know, animals, depending on their weight, could take up to 1500 milligrams in a day, which nobody would ever do. 
right. Who can afford that? <laughs> right. And, you know, the, the pet may have some GI type issues, but it's fairly, fairly safe. So if we're talking five drops versus seven drops, usually we're not going to see much of a change. But the weight of the animal, the health of the animal, so the, the more deficient that endocannabinoid system is, the longer usually the, it takes for the CBD to go in, into effect. And, the, and then I should qualify my answer in that that one to two milligram is what I uh, call my target dose. That's where I want to reach. I usually start at half of that. And then every week add in one to two drops until we get to the target dose. And the reason why we have to do a target dose in animals is we don't have the ability of them saying, okay, this is my sweet spot. I feel good. This is, this is where I need to be. So yeah. we have to have some kind of guidance, some goal to be set so we kind of know where, where we're going. But low and slow is super important. And it's also really important that I always tell people, you know, if you can give it three to six months, not three to six weeks, three to six months, because the endocannabinoid system, especially if it's severely deficient, it takes a while to get unraveled and CBD knows where it's supposed to go. So a lot of times what happens is the owner will, you know, let's say this dog has got some knee pain or something like that. They'll give it for two weeks and the dog still has knee pain, but they don't realize the CBD may be working on something else in the body mm -hmm. that the owner cannot see. Yeah. Um, and so then they tend to quit and, oh, I tried it, it didn't work. Well, you have to give it time. It, it's not a quick fix. It's not like popping an Advil and your headache goes away. <laughs> You've got to give it time to get into the body and for the body to build the receptors. And conversely to that, too much, too fast can actually exacerbate systems, uh, symptoms. So more is not necessarily better. If too much is given, the body doesn't really know what to do with it and it kind of dumps it off. So low and slow is so, so important. Okay. That's good advice. Now, I know from my time working as a vet assistant that cats were a little more sensitive to certain things that you couldn't put, you know, pyrethrins or whatever on them. It'll kill them. Does that kind of hold true with cannabis? So it's really interesting. Cats actually handle cannabis much better than dogs do. Really? And yeah, so they actually do fairly well on higher doses of THC or a higher ratio of THC. I don't know, maybe it's because they're just indifferent all the time anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, that couch lock feeling is totally fine for them because that's what they do all day long anyway. But they actually do fairly well. So if we do have a high pain or, um, you know, cancer or something like that, um, they actually do pretty well on it again, with the guidance of a veterinary professional. Now, you mentioned previously about applying the, to the CBD oil topically, or the, you know, the oil topically. Pets nowadays seem to have so many more skin conditions than they used to. And I'm assuming that's an autoimmune thing. I'm assuming that's probably because there's a deficiency in their body, a cannabis deficiency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that certainly can be the case. But food, food is a big reason for a lot of uh, skin type issues. Environment. So if you're, if you're at the dog park and your dog rolls around, that's just been sprayed with some kind of insecticide. So environmental allergies, uh, food allergies definitely play a big, big role. And so sometimes it's a manipulation of the diet, but sometimes just adding CBD oil can really help a lot of these conditions. It works great on 
rashes and wounds and hot spots. The key is that uh, you don't, and, and I'll say this for all consumption with animals, the, the CBD oil should never have something like cinnamon or peppermint. Those can be GI irritants to our animals. So an, a natural unflavored product or a flavor known to be okay, like chicken or bacon or beef or something to that effect. So you don't want to use a topical oil that has cinnamon or peppermint flavor, something like that in there. But they usually tolerate it really well. And if they lick it off, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works really, really well topically. Um, I've seen some amazing, amazing results topically. Yeah. So if they've got an, an issue where, you know, maybe they have a hot spot or they've got a, a particular part of their body that they scratch a lot, mm -hmm. it might be, that might be a good place to use it, it topically. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're hitting it from the outside directly, but we're also hitting it internally so that, you know, you've got that double, that double whammy. And I know we're getting close on time, but I want to talk about one little, one last thing here. Yeah. So in terms of dosing and giving the pet the oil, um, we know in humans that sublingual is is the fastest way to get it into our bloodstreams. Yes. However, our dogs are not good at... Yeah, you can't tell them, okay, hold your mouth open and don't yeah. swallow. <laughs> yeah. So they're not great at that. So they, they are ingesting in some form. So what I always tell people is to put the oil on... If they'll lick it straight off your hand, perfect. Um, you never want them to be licking the, the dropper. Most droppers are glass. Yeah. And if they bite it, and they break, you know, so don't let them lick the dropper, but put it on something, you know, they're going to eat. So a special treat, um, something they don't normally get that, you know, you know, they're going to eat because if it's just sprinkled on the food, the dog or cat may not eat that kernel <laughs> that the oil was on. Um, my dog's a grazer. His food could sit there all day long. Um, oh, my, mine is like, you know, he's like a T-Rex. Everything's gone. <laughs> right. And, and if that's the case, great. But I know like my dog, if I did that, it'd be a crapshoot whether or not he actually got it. So, you know, a good way to ensure that is before you feed them, drop the oil on a few kernels, let them eat that and then give them the rest of the food. Um, okay. Most dosing is also twice a day. So, okay. Being consistent and giving it twice a day is going to give you much better results. Okay, that's great. Now, if somebody has a, a pet that and they want to consult with you on their pet's medical condition to see if cannabis is right for them, where can folks find you? So, TurningLeafConsultations.com is my company, Turning Leaf Consultations with an S. I uh, will review medical records, blood work, any any testing that's been done to look for any contraindications, possible medication interactions, and review goals for therapy with the owner. What are they trying to achieve? And then I write up a cannabis plan that is specific to their pet's need. Um, and then I also will write sort of a referral letter back to their veterinarian to say, this is why your client came to me. This is what we discussed. This is what I recommended. Are most vets accepting of your recommendations? Some are, some aren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, less than 10% of all medical and veterinary schools uh, are taught the endocannabinoid system. So they get very nervous about it. And they, and they always say, well, there needs to be more testing. But, you know, there's not enough studies out there. But there is actually over 23,000 studies 
in 24 different species on the effectiveness of cannabis. So, so the papers are out there and I am actually also a contributing author in the first textbook about veterinary cannabis therapy. And so we reviewed several hundred papers to find the most relevant and sort of summarize them down into a textbook. So it's the, the papers are out there. They just need to find them. Are there any resources that you recommend that somebody could say when their vet tells them, okay, there's not enough studies. Is there, can they just say, well, check out this website or, or here's a good paper, you know, um, is it consolidated somewhere? Or no. say, do you have to just go out and Google everything? You pretty much have to Google it. So, you know, you can say um, CBD and osteoarthritis in dogs mm-hmm. and uh, you'll, you'll see some papers and a lot of our, a lot of our knowledge comes from the human side. So just because there's not a animal in the description, the, the medicine still applies. The book that we're working on, which is hopefully going to be done by the end of this year or beginning of next, is going to be the first resources for veterinarians. So they will go be able to go to this textbook and read. And we've got some pretty amazing authors that are contributing to this book. So right now, no, I'm sure you're familiar with Project CBD. It's one of my favorite sites to go to. There are some veterinary specific papers in there. If you are a veterinary professional, there is a group on Facebook called Veterinary Cannabis Academy that they do a great job at presenting factual articles and papers. So right now, no, there is not a repository for veterinary studies uh, but but they are out there. What's the name of the book that you that you wrote for? I don't even know yet. <laughs> I don't even know yet. I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, I w- I had a part in one of the chapters, but there's about there's three main authors: Dr. Kassara, Andre, Liz Houston, Stephen Satal. But there's like 25 of us, I think, that contributed. So I'm not positive, to be honest, what the name of the book is going to be. But we just turned in our first drafts on January, uh, or I'm sorry, June 1st. So Mm -hmm. depending on the editing process and stuff like that, we'll determine when it comes out. But it'll definitely be announced by me. I'll be singing from the mountaintops when it's out and available. Okay, well, if, do you have a social media? So if people want to follow you, you know, they're interested in this book, they want to get it in the hands of their vet, or they are a vet or vet tech, and they want to get this book, where's a place that they can follow you to make sure they see that? So currently, um, I do not have a web or uh, Facebook page for my consulting business. So most of my stuff goes through my Loughton Danielle mm-hmm. uh, Facebook page. My name is Flipped. I thought I was being clever. Um <laughs> Because it was my second Facebook page, and now everybody thinks my name is Loughton. Um, That's funny. So Loughton Danielle is, I post a lot of cannabis-type papers and education and, and various things like that. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure I put links to your consultation business and then also your Facebook page and, and everything else we've talked about that I'm aware of <laughs> on the show on the show notes page for today so that folks can go and check that out. And uh, and if anybody's got questions, I'm, I'm assuming they can reach out to you. Absolutely. Yep. Perfect. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Danielle. I would love to talk more, but I've got to go pick up my son. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Go, go get it done. 
Yeah, and when the book comes out, I'll be watching. But when the book comes out, if you'll like, you know, shoot me a message or something. Absolutely. I'd love to give a shout out on the podcast so, that, so folks can know that that resource is available to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, people are probably going to get sick of me <laughs> posting no. about it. But yeah, Shoot, definitely. if I showed up in a textbook, nobody, every, I'd, I'd put it on my business card when I was <laughs> handing them out. Exactly. Featured in blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You'll give me ideas now. Yes, ma'am. I'll give you a, I'll give you a heads up when it comes out. Thanks a lot, Danielle. Okay. You're welcome. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Show notes for today's episode can be found over at CannabisSalesMe.com slash 5-6. Thanks once again to Danielle Outen for coming on and talking to us about pets and cannabis. You guys be sure to check out the resources that we mentioned in today's show and also go out and check out Danielle's website. I look forward to seeing some of you guys on Friday at our cannabis event at 2801 Valley Avenue from 6 to 8.30. Until then, we will be back here on Monday with another healing story. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks a lot for listening. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.